Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible, a pad of paper, and a pen. Let's dive in. Man, it's good to see you guys here this morning. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the stage preaching. Yeah, exactly a month. And so um, it's good to see you guys. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it's not that I don't speak from my heart when I'm on stage. Uh, this morning, I'm going to really, really just share my heart, and I hope it's okay. Um, I, I don't like to pivot. Unless I'm playing basketball, I don't like to pivot. And uh, this was a pivot that we felt like God was stirring in our hearts at church to do. Uh, we were supposed to be in a, a two-week series titled Multiply to finish the Christmas season out before we enter into um, Christmas at Radiant Life on uh, December 23 and December 24. And really felt like the Lord has is, is told us to pivot right here. And, and I like things as far as messages are concerned, like somewhat ordered. I don't like a last minute, like complete change of something. And so I knew the Lord needed to do something. Uh, over the next two weeks, we're going to journey together leading into Christmas with this series titled Lament and Peace During Christmas. And some of you come into this room like, are you serious? Like lament? Like Christmas is supposed to be celebratory. What are we doing? I want to speak from my heart for a moment. The last four to eight weeks, something in that time frame. I'm just going to be honest. I don't want to be around you all. There was a degree I started, I started questioning my calling here. I was grieving deeply and didn't realize it. And so within that grief, and I was like, why don't I want to be around the people I love? I realized I was pushing people out. I would come in here and I would worship, which was great. I would hear a great message from one of our pastors. And then I would beeline it to my office and I didn't want to talk to anyone, hear anyone. I didn't want to on Sunday. I, I realized something, that the Lord just ripped open something beautiful in my life on Monday morning, six days ago, during my quiet time. Every day outside of Saturday, I get up at 5 a.m. By the time I get up, brush my, sh- brush my teeth, get in the shower, get clothes on and get downstairs, it's about 5.20, 5.30, and I get into my quiet time chair with the Lord and a cup of coffee. That's important, by the way. Cup of coffee. It's got to wake you up. And it was there that the Lord began to reveal some things. So I was really questioning. Why? This is not me. I don't want to push the family of Radiant Life out. But why don't I want to hang out with them? Why don't I want to be around with them on Sunday morning? I don't get it. And in that morning of quiet time, me with the Lord, I realized this. I had so much pain and grief in my life that I just wasn't dealing with. See, our church family together, within a four-week period, we lost five people from our church family. From a nine-year-old boy to a 77-year-old wonderful prayer warrior. 
we lost that spectrum. In fact, I turned to some staff and I turned to some of our church elders and I said, I cannot do another funeral. I I can't. I cannot do another one here. I need to grieve, yet I feel like I got to be strong for the church body and the families that are grieving. I can't do another one. And then on top of that, we're in a season of supposedly celebration, right? It's Christmas, Thanksgiving. I realized something as we hit... As we hit Thanksgiving... And I had my quiet time. I realized how much I miss my dad. It'd be two and a half years since he passed, and um, I still sat in my quiet time chair Thanksgiving Day, thinking I'm going to see his van pull up in my driveway. It hurts. I miss my mom. My mom has dementia and has no idea who I am. Has no idea who my kids are, who my nephew is here. She was the one I would have deep spiritual conversations with and it just got ripped out from underneath me, it feels like. On top of that, I had lost my grandparents that I called Grammy and Papa. All within a year and a half, I lost Grammy, I lost my dad, I lost Papa, and they were the ones that you looked at my grandparents' relationship and I wanted to emulate them. I just realized I was still carrying all that and it just came to a head Monday morning. This is right. There's a reason why the church is going to go through this lament and peace because it's what you're experiencing. You're going to lead the church through it and what I'm going to do. And then I was mad a little bit because I was like, why did I feel like I have to be strong for my family? Why do I feel like I have to be strong for the church and during funerals and stuff? And I realized I don't need to be strong. I'm human. My strength comes from Jesus Christ, who's my firm foundation. And I don't got to be strong. I know my Jesus is strong. And I just got to rely on him and that power. So in the midst of that pain and grief, I was putting it on my calling, thinking it was my calling here. When it wasn't, the Lord just says, Ryan, I just need to open the heart up a little bit more and do some healing there. It was beautiful. I came into the office on Monday morning after that experience. I shut my, shut my door because I was writing the message and reading and planning and all that stuff. And I walked out. I was like, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready for the message. I know what the Lord wants to bring. Man, it's a good week. It's a good day. It's a good week. My grief felt, and I wasn't aware of it, but my grief was vicious. And I continued to learn something. There's a beautiful dis- spiritual discipline that you and I have and it's called lament. What I realized though is many Christians don't lament. Uh, We don't lament because here's just a few reasons why. Many Christians, we're just unfamiliar with this idea of lament. No one's ever taught us it. 
So we're unfamiliar with it. Another reason could be that we're very uncomfortable with the idea. Uh-oh. I have to get into my feelings a little bit? Eh. Everything's beautiful and roses, right? Everything, I don't know if I want to go there. Can I, men? We need to lament. Men, we have emotions. May we, men at Radiant Life, kill the spirit of pride and get on our knees and go to each other with accountability and vulnerability and weep when we gotta weep. Listen, weeping men is a divine emotion you and I share with Jesus. Jesus wept. Another reason why we may not lament is because we've been taught in the church, you're supposed to have it all together and look good, right? I remember growing up, love my mom and dad, miss them. I mean, my mom's still alive, but she does, you know what I mean, like mentally, she's not there. I remember we had Sunday church clothes. Anyone grew up with that? Right, Sunday's best, right? I remember arguing with my siblings on the way to this church, my home church, and then mom and dad saying, knock it off, stop crying, which doesn't help, by the way. Telling someone to stop crying never helps, right? And you had to wait till your tears get left because we're fighting and now I have red eyes and they won't go in church until your red eyes are clear because you're going to church because everything should look good. And I realize it's not but it's not good. And so we don't lament because we bought into this lie that Christians are perfect and have it together. We don't, our God does. And he can use our story to bring in his redemption for the pain of other people's to give them hope. That's why we don't lament. And here's what it is. To cry is human. To lament is Christian. Because you could say it this way, to cry is secular, to lament is Christian. And I'll get into the difference. Lament can include crying, but lament is something else than just weeping and crying. See, lament is how we tunnel our way to truth and hope in the midst of pain and grief. See, to cry is human, to lament is Christian. We tunnel our way through the pain and grief. We don't escape it, we don't avoid it, we go through it with the tunnel of lament that will bring us to the truth of who our God is. It combines the pain and experiences you and I go through with the hope of Jesus Christ. And the issue is, how do I hold in balance my pain and grief and my hope in the goodness of God? How do I hold that tension? Lament gives voice to our struggles, but it turns our hearts to the truth that undergirds our lives. Psalm 13, did you know that there are laments all throughout God's word. In fact, almost two-thirds of the Psalms are laments. Also in the midst of it, you and I have a book called 
Lamentations. Huh. We ought to learn something about that. I look at Psalm 13. It's a short psalm, only six verses. Psalm 13, if you have your Bible, if you have it on your phone or tablet, and it's on the screens. I want to show you Psalm 13. There's a beautiful hinge point in this psalm, but you'll understand him wallowing a little bit in the pain and grief, not wallowing, but experiencing it, but turning to God in the midst of it. It reads this way. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me? Agony in my mind every day. How long will my enemy dominate me? Do you see the pain and experience the writer's going through? Consider me. Now look how it transitions. God, consider me. Lord, my God, restore brightness to my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. (laughs) Verse five. But. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. What I love about that psalm is this, there's a true acknowledge, uh, acknowledgement of the pain and grief that the writer's going through. And then everything turns when he says, but he's tunneling his way to truth and hope, knowing who his God is. Even in the midst of the pain and grief. I love what this author who wrote the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, says. His name is Mark Vrogop. I don't know how to say it, but there it is, okay? He says this, lament is the honest cry of a hurting wrestling, of a hurting heart, wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promises of God's goodness. It's the wrestling match. The world and human is to cry and weep and stay there. And complain about your situation. But to be Christian is to say, God, this is awful right now what I'm experiencing. This is not the way you have recreated the world to be. But God, you are a God who is loving, who is gracious, who is compassionate. And I need your power right now. That's the difference. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. God, there's real pain. But I'm trusting you. The paradox is this. The paradox is lament invites us to grieve and trust. To struggle and to believe at the same time. That's the tension that you and I walk into when it becomes, how do we lament when things aren't going good? Lamentations 2 says it this way. Lamentations 2.1. How the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. You ever feel like you've been under a dark cloud before? 
And the writer of Lamentations is telling you, it feels like the Lord in his anger has put in a dark cloud over us. But a lament always pays its way to truth, to belief in who God is, the goodness and this character of God. The author doesn't stay there. He goes on in Lamentations 2, 3, 22. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. What is the writer doing? There may be a dark cloud over me, but I'm reminded of who my God is. His love will never cease. And it's a promise in truth that the writer of Lamentations is gripping onto as this dark cloud is over him. And then he goes on and he knows his God too. And he says, his mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. And I may go through a cloud, but my God has me. Every morning there is a new mercy for me. Dark clouds may come, but divine mercy never ends. And here's why the writer of Lamentations can say that. Because he knows his God. Do you? Do you truly know the character of your heavenly father? I wonder if that's also why we don't lament. Because over here, I can't tunnel to truth because deep down, I don't know the truth. I can't tunnel and lament because I'm not sure the character of my God. For a lot of us, we put our earthly father's attributes on our heavenly father. So you're afraid in the midst of your pain and suffering and grief to go to him because you're afraid he's going to spite you. Because that's what you've experienced from your earthly father. But for some of us, we're fearful that if I bring my anger to God, what's really going on inside He's actually not there because my earthly father abandoned me. And I think my heavenly father will as well. There's something beautiful about lament. It's trusting in God and deep sorrow are not mutually exclusive. In a lament, they go hand in hand. The world stays here and wallows in deep sorrow and they get stuck. But you and I, as a family of God's, his sons and daughters say, this is real. Oh, it's real and it hurts. But I know who my God is and this won't last forever. In fact, a beautiful Psalm is Psalm 22. In fact, if you don't know this, this Psalm 22 was on the lips of Jesus as he was on the cross. As a, in Judaism, the most honorable way to die is to have scripture on your lips. It's known as death text, T-E-X-T. Death text, to be reciting scripture as you pass away. Jesus was doing this. When he says these words in Psalm 22, which is a lament, by the way, he says this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me 
from the words of my groaning. And Jesus had that first part on his lips on the cross. And he had it there. This is also what Jesus is doing is called a remez. Remez, M-R-E, or I'm sorry, M-E-M-R-E-M-E-Z. Let's do that one more time. R-E-M-E-Z. Remez, which means to hint back. Jesus to the crowd as he is on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he's about ready to take his last breath on the cross. To those in the audience that are there at his crucifixion, they know God's word. It's a hint back to Psalm 22 where they know Jesus is saying the first words of Psalm 22. He's saying them. But the psalmist doesn't end with this. The psalmist ends with hope and truth in the midst of feeling like my God has forsaken me. Verse 24. For he has not despised. He has not despised the affliction of the afflicted. He has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. My God hasn't forsaken me, hasn't turned my face. Our God hears our cry. And then verse 26, the afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever, ever. In Jesus's world, he was reminding the Jewish people, I know it feels like God has forsaken you right now. A dark cloud is over you. But our God heals. Our God provides. You got to know this is not the end of me on the cross. And that's lament. It's an experience. Yes, this season is horrible. And what I'm experiencing is awful. But my trust is in a God who loves who convicts, who guides, who's new mercies every morning, slow to anger, compassionate in love. That's my God. For some of us, lament may look like this. I'm really frustrated in my marriage. God, it's not the way I want it. My marriage should look like a beautiful picture of Jesus' relationship with this church, his bride. And reality is right here, God, it's not that. I've allowed my anger to get in the way. It just feels like we're not on the same page on anything. But I'm reminded of who you are, God. You're a God who never forsakes and leaves me. You're there even when I'm yelling at her or yelling at him. You were there forming me in you to your character. You're meeting me with grace. And in the midst of all that, I'm holding on to the promises that this will not last forever and that I will turn my eyes to you. So the question really becomes, Pastor Ryan, how in the world do I actually do this? Because I'm going to tell you, I believe the invitation is on the table for all of us to experience this together. I'm going to give you three quick steps to lament. Step number one is just get honest. Get honest. 
How do you get honest? You can ask these three questions, or two questions, I'm sorry. Number one, ask this, how should the world be? Number two, what is your world actually like right now? Keep it in the marriage. This marriage should represent Jesus. That's what the world should be. But my world and my family, my marriage is, God, if I'm honest, it's not. And it's nowhere where I want it to be. So you get honest about your situation. And then step two, you turn to God. And this is what you do when you turn to God. You be like King David, who wrote a lot of Psalms. And he was just honest with what's going on here. You turn to God and you tell him how you feel about that. Confused, lost. God, I don't know what I'm doing. You get honest what's going on inside. And then your last step is you ask and trust. As you turn to God and you let him know how you feel about that. You ask and trust with these two questions. What does your heart want God to do? God, I'm asking you to get rid of that anger in my life. God, I am asking you that I need this peace that surpasses all understanding that your scripture, I'm believing that's what your word says and you promise it. I'm asking for that. And then lastly, what is still true about God? That's the key of lamenting. It's easy for us to stay right here under the dark cloud. And if I'm honest, stay here and complain. Complaining will never tunnel your way out of the dark cloud. But as that dark cloud hovers, I'm holding on to my God, who he is and his promises. Ann Voskamp says this, lament is a cry of belief in a good God, a God who has his ear to our hearts, a God who transfigures the ugly into beauty. Complaint is the bitter howl of unbelief in any benevolent God in this moment, a distrust in the love beat of the Father's heart. To cry is human, to lament is Christian. So, pastors, if you go to the corners and um, those that are doing the special music, will you come up, please? We're going to enter into a time together of this. Because I know for a lot of you guys, for some of us, our life is not the way we thought it would be. We're going through pain, we're grieving, and we just have to create space and room. I want you to remember these three words when it comes to lamenting. But, yet, and. But, yet, and. These three, these three right here, 
You look all throughout scripture at laments. Those three words are the linchpin of turning a complaint to into a lament. These three words are the words that you and I then speak in the dark cloud that we grab onto the character of God and tunnel our way to hope and truth. But God, yet God, you are still on your throne. Even though in my life, it doesn't feel like it. And God, you are good, even though right now I don't feel your goodness and I am gonna believe in that promise. But you are a good, good father. I'm holding on. Back to Pastor Mark, whatever his last name is. He says, you need to know that lament does not always lead to an immediate solution. It does not always bring a quick or timely answer. Grief is not tame. Lament is not a simplistic formula. Instead, lament is the song you sing, believing that one day God will answer and restore Lament invites us to pray through our struggle with a life that is far from perfect. That is what I experienced the last four to eight weeks. Not knowing until time alone with God on Monday morning when he just said, Ryan, can I pry open the heart a little bit more? Absolutely, God family was still sleeping and he just showed me some areas that I was actually grieving and I just needed permission with God to cry in that moment and I turned to my scripture and I held on to some moments that I still saw God's faithfulness holding on to his character and his promises we have some of our pastors on the corner of the stage here we're going to enter a time of that's special some of our worship teams behind me They're going to sing the song, It Is Well, over you. For some of you out there, you may want to, the lyrics will be on the the screens. For some of you, you may want to stand and sing to that song and declare something today. Declare that the dark cloud is not the last word. And you may need to hold on. For others, you want to come to the altar and just kneel and cry and weep and give your heart to God. The altars are open. Our pastors are here on the corner of the stage to lament with you and lift you up in prayer. We're here. We're here. We're walking through some stuff together. We're walking through stuff together. Let's now go to each other and lift each other up in prayer. So maybe may this be a prayer time. Then I'll come up and close and wrap it all up. But would you be willing to move? By the way, this song, it is well, if you don't know. The songwriter lost his wife and kids at sea. They died in the ocean. He gets on a boat and he goes to the location where they think that his family died. He gets to that place. And he pens these words. It is well with my soul. Knowing this is the spot I lost my wife and my kids. But I believe that the songwriter can pen those words 
because he knows who his God is. Doesn't make the pain easy, but it tunnels him to hope. So may you and I come and get prayed over and weep, come to the altar, stand with hands raised and worship. It is well with my soul. And let's give it over to God in this moment. away from our other service saying we just needed to make space and room because a lot of us are hurting. And the Lord has impressed on our heart to become his bride where it's okay. That's why we're here for each other. chapter 21 verse 4 he says this he meaning God will wipe away every tear from their eyes death will be no more grief crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away and as scripture says we as Christians as followers of Jesus we grieve with hope because we know what we are experiencing now but it's not the full restoration yet and it hurts I don't cry for my dad because I know he's experiencing that right there He's got new lungs, he can breathe. He's got a new heart, so he doesn't have congestion of heart failure anymore. But one day, one day I'm going to see him again. And the next time I get to see him, we'll be in the presence of Jesus together. Here's the tension. We have earthly broken where you and I deal with pain and grief and sin and death and on the other side one day there's heavenly restoration where everything is restored what was broken in the garden but until that time there's a journey that you and I take and that journey that's where the tension lies is right there and how we move through that journey It's the spiritual discipline of lament. To acknowledge the reality. God, if I'm honest, 
I've heard it over and over this morning. This just sucks. You should be real and honest. Absolutely it does. You know why? Because that's not God's plan. But we hope. We go to God in the midst of it. And the writer of Hebrews says this. As we lament and we journey from earthly brokenness to heavenly restoration, Hebrews 13, 5, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. And that's hope in the midst of all lament, all lament you and I hold on to. Thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church. To get to know us better, check out the Radiant Life. Dot church. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.